You're listening to Ditch the Diet Radio with myself, Rachel Foy, the Food Freedom Coach. This is a podcast for smart, driven, high-achieving women who are sick and tired of their food struggles holding them back from having a life that they really want. So if you're ready to stop the struggle with eating, fighting your body, and ultimately find your own food freedom, then you, my gorgeous, are so in the right place right now. If you love the conversations that we have here on Ditch the Diet Radio, then be sure to check out my website at rachelfoy.com for free workshops, gifts, and much, much more. So are you ready? Here's a brand new episode from Ditch the Diet Radio. Bringing you episode 19 of Ditch the Diet Radio with Rachel Foy. Are you ready for another interesting conversation all around body image, food, ditching our diets and actually embracing the bodies that we have? I'm hoping that you're shouting yes right now. Okay, my next guest is a really, really wonderful, beautiful soul. Someone that I came across online, as we often do, probably about... 18 months ago um, and I've been following her work because she's really passionate about what she does and her voice is needed out there in this big wide world of ours. Um, This is the wonderful Samantha Skelly from Hungry for Happiness and we had a little chat a little while ago all about well diets and bodies and how we can start to embrace ourselves and reconnect to ourselves. Um, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of valuable and useful information from this conversation. She's such a lovely person. Um, We had a fabulous conversation and I know that I will be having her on the show again at some point. So make yourself comfortable, grab yourself a drink and here she is, the lovely, lovely Samantha Skelly from Hungry for Happiness. So I'm hoping she's on the other end. Are you there, gorgeous? Hello, hello. Hi, Samantha. Well, good morning for you. Good evening for me. We've kind of worked out our time zones, which is a good start. (laughs) and you're here so how are you doing today I'm doing well lovely how are you doing I'm very very good thank you for joining us on um, Ditch the Diet Radio I think we're going to have an awesome conversation um but before we get stuck into some I suppose juicy questions do you want to um give the listeners a bit of a summary as to who you are and what you're doing Yes, absolutely. So I created a movement um, about two years ago called Hungry for Happiness. And and it was really born out of my own struggle with food and my body. Previously, I was a child actress and I was dancer and I was a stunt double. So I was fairly heavily involved in the performance industry. And when I was 18, I quit everything and I really started to struggle with the relationship I had to food and my body, which lasted for, I call it my diet depression days, <laughs> lasted for about four years. And um, it was a really heavy time, a lot of restriction, a lot of overeating, just very unhappy with my body. And in hindsight, I realized that it really came from lacking significance. I was no longer this child actress, this dancer. And I'm like, okay, I'm just a normal person now. How can I, how can I meet my need for significance? Now, when I was in it, I didn't know that was happening, but being out of it, it's super clear that that's what was going on. And so about four years of that, I realized, um, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm ruining my life and it's affecting literally every, every part of my life. So, I spent three and a half years just repairing the relationship I had to food and my body through de- different healing modalities and um, turned my mess into my message and um, going full steam ahead to really help 
revolutionized the way that women are around food and their bodies and really inspiring women to tap into their bodies and use food for health and hunger rather than for essentially a drug. So that's the mission I'm on now. And it's super fun and challenging and rewarding. And it's all, of the, it's, it's all of the things, it's all of the things. All of those things. I love how, like you said, you turn like your mess into your message. And I think when you've been there, um, and you've kind of experienced it, it gives you that passion, doesn't it? To like really just get that message across on a bigger scale. Yeah, I don't know about you. Like, obviously, I, you went, you've gone through the struggle and, and that's why, that's what makes you so good at what you do. You're relatable, right? Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people who want to coach in this area but have never gone through it. And I, and I just don't understand because even, even all the schooling that I did and the coaching certifications that I've done, I'm... I'm effective because I can relate so deeply on like a felt sense emotional level because I was there and I experienced it and I lived it. And I'm just not sure how um, people who don't go through that struggle can truly help empower others. That's my personal opinion. No, I'd agree with you, actually, because I think sometimes when Mm -hmm. you've not actually been in that food struggle, it's so easy for someone to be, you know, quite quite skeptical or you know be very sort of or why don't you just stop you know just stop overeating stop binging stop turning to food it's like yeah but if it were that straightforward then that's what we would be doing Mm -hmm. and so yeah no I totally relate to that so Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of going back to your story then did you find that there was like an awful lot of pressure on you because of what you were doing up until you were 18 like was it really obvious or was it just what you would interpreted in terms of like your your situation Um, it's really interesting. As a child, I suppressed a lot and rejection was kind of just how I experienced life and not uh, like rejection in in the, in the industry. I came from an extremely loving family. And so I was covered on that front. But as far as uh, rejection in the, in the performance industry, I was, I just kind of suppressed it. You know, I didn't really feel it through. And so I think like when I really began to give myself permission to feel a lot of that stuff came out and I'm like, Whoa, this is like, untapped territory. I've not allowed myself to truly feel these emotions of, you know, this, this suppressed rejection and, and some of these deeper feelings. I just kind of, they were just lying dormant in my body and I was super disconnected from my body. Therefore I didn't have access to be able to use these emotions as a catalyst for growth. And so when I began my journey of healing, I was like, Whoa, there's a lot of stuff here, (laughs) a lot of stuff here from, from, from growing up. So yeah kind of interesting isn't it I think every guest I've ever had on the on the radio show they've all said the same and, and I can relate to this as well like we often become so good at suppressing emotion and and it's just a really natural part of being human isn't it yet so many of us we just turn away from it and we block it out and we numb it out it's it's quite fascinating really yeah, we're we're in this this state of just like distraction, right? And and as technology is getting better, we're getting even more distracted by it because we're relying on it for for to complete even the simplest of tasks. And so it's actually doing humanity a disservice because we're not really allowing ourselves to feel as much and do as much. And so, um, there's, uh, we're, we're get, yeah, we're doing ourselves a massive disservice because we're not allowing ourselves to truly look at the pain in our bodies, which pain is just a yeah, divine teacher. It's, it's just there for such good in, in our lives. And because it's physically a little bit uncomfortable, we, we just suppress it and, and, and numb it out. So, yeah. Were you, um, you said that you came from a very loving family. So like you were, you were covered in that sense from like a not being rejected point of view, but did your family ever 
kind of show you how to deal with emotion or how to express emotion because I know that this can be something that again personally I was never really shown how to deal with anger and frustration and certain mm-hmm. emotions from from my family and I'm just curious as to what your your family relationships were like with with emotion yeah, it's interesting. Uh, my parents always gave me permission to to process emotion, but I was an extreme people pleaser and was constantly wanting to please them. So I yeah. kind of withheld myself from, from being fully expressed, especially with anger and sadness, because I wanted to always, you know, be the strong one, put on a good show for my family. And, and you know, had I, had I just allowed myself to process, it would have been fully accepted for my family. They're just amazing. Um, but I didn't allow myself to do that because of my deep rooted threads of being a people pleaser and just wanting to not wanting to kind of rock the boat at all. Had I not had those perfectionist people pleasing qualities, I would have, it, it would have been easier for me to, to learn how to deal with emotion. And I think this should be a a freaking course in school. Like, you know, (laughs) get get rid of history and, and pop this stuff in. Like, you know, learning how to deal with our emotions is one of the, most powerful things we can do as humans. And it's just so, no one teaches us this stuff, right? No, it's true. Like, it's have to, yeah. how to love ourselves. It's just like, come on. So the yeah, emotion, I think emotions are such a big part of this, um, this struggle, aren't they? When we talk about like battling and fighting food and our bodies and that, that vicious cycle that so many of the listeners right now probably can relate to, like the emotional component of this, it cannot be overlooked. And I think sometimes we become so fixated on just trying to fix the food thing or fix the body thing and we're missing the whole point when we do that don't we well exactly because it's not about the food and it's not about your body and when yeah. when you try and mani- when you try and change the behavior and you don't ch- change the core belief you're going to get yourself caught in the in that cycle of dieting binging dieting and binging because you're not addressing the root cause so it's basically like putting a band-aid on a bullet wound it's not going to work it's just absolutely not going to work you're going to bleed to death <laughs> so we have to treat emotional issues with emotional solutions we can't externalize an emotional issue so absolutely. that's the issue with the like my whole mission is to revolutionize the weight loss industry by allowing people to focus on your emotions because that's where everything starts everything starts like your whole life is a product of what you choose to believe. And so often we just feel like we don't have the power and ability to change our thoughts and beliefs, which is completely. Well, there's industries that want to keep us stuck in that victim mentality and not do the work on ourselves. So we, they can sell us things that we don't need. So we have, yeah, like my whole goal is just like empowering people to just be like, listen, you have the, you've got, everything it takes right now everything it takes what um Mm. what kind of things did you delve into you said that you tried quite a few different healing modalities and I'm kind of curious because we you know often in these conversations you know some people find a thing that they just really connect to so what things have you tried along your own personal journey I'm I'm interested coloring okay that's (laughs) a good one yep For real. That was actually one that I started a few years ago. I'm like, this is super relaxing, but no, really. Um, so I did a lot of 
energy, like I did a lot of energy work. I, I did a lot of um, like Reiki and worked with a lot of spiritual teachers and just found my own pers- personal um, connection to my higher self. So I grew up super Christian when I was younger and, you know, church every Sunday and that kind of thing. And then during my days of dieting and all of that, I was completely disconnected from the universe, God, higher self, however you want to call it. It's up to you. Um, and I realized that in order for me to really heal, I needed to have some sort of connection with my higher self or with the divine or with the universe or God. And, and, and so I just started building up my spiritual practice through meditation, through listening to my body. You know, I was so disconnected from my intuition so much. So, and, and that's part of the reason why I couldn't just use food for health and hunger. And I was constantly using it for other reasons is because I just, my body, I didn't have access to it. I wasn't connected to my body, so I couldn't communicate my body. And so just really sitting in meditation and just being able to identify that visceral yes feeling. And then that visceral no feeling in my body was so incredibly powerful. And when I did that, I was able to ask my body questions like pertaining to food, pertaining to life choices, pertaining to men, money, whatever it was. And I was able to listen to my inner wisdom and inner guidance and build the trust for it and build, rebuild what it means to trust myself. I lost so much of the trust I had for myself because I was on, you know, over 50 diets in less than four years. And the thought of trusting myself, I'm like, yeah, right. But I had to find the deeper part of me, like the soul part of me, like that inner unshakable part of me that always has my back because the part of me that let me down in the past wasn't that part of me. I wasn't honoring and listening to that part of me. I was more so up in my head and in my ego. So, um, it was uncovering, you know, that, that connection between mind and body, head and heart and really living from that place. I think that's, I think that's such a really important point to mention. And and I completely agree with what you're saying there. Like for me, it's funny, like quite sort of similarities, but I was brought up Mm -hmm. as well, completely sort of Catholic Christian church every Sunday, Mm -hmm. Yet at the mm-hmm. same time, completely disconnected from myself, from life, from everything. Yep. And I know mm-hmm. from my personal journey, as it was for you, in order for me to reconnect back to my body, there was a spiritual component involved, and there has to be, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's and I think again, this is something that maybe some of the listeners right now might be getting a bit uncomfortable with, as in, oh, I don't want to do spiritual stuff. That's not what I'm interested <laughs> in. I just want to feel better about myself. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that the the spiritual aspect of what you're talking about, what you're doing, what I'm doing, it's 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 significant, isn't it? It's not really something we can kind of overlook when we're having this conversation, because mm-hmm. when we're not connected to our higher selves, then we're kind of lost and we're just floating around, really, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I feel like I used to ask everyone and their dog what I should, you know. Yes. <laughs> eat for breakfast that day. <laughs> and, and the amount of mental space and clarity I have now knowing that my body knows everything. My body told me to move to San Diego. My body told me to do certain things in my business. My body told me to, you know, date that person or don't date that person. You know, it's, I have such a connection now and it's super clear. And it's, it's, you know, you're in your body when you don't negotiate, you're in your mind when you're like, should I do that? Should I not do that? Should I do that? Should I? And it goes back and forth. Whereas when you're in your body, it's like that definite no or that definite yes. And it's a very, very, very clear sign, which is which. Absolutely. I love that. I've never really thought about it that way, but that's so spot on, isn't it? Like we don't negotiate when we're listening to ourselves, as in not to our head. 
it's, yeah. it's instant and it's really clear. Yeah, yeah I love that. that. Have you yeah. um have you got any specific practices that that you do to like stay in your body? So I have quite an extensive morning routine that kind of anchors me and gets me in my body right off the bat. Um, just a mix of, of breathing, um, breathing movement and meditation that I do in the morning with some mantras. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of grounds me. And then if I feel myself getting up in my head throughout the day, I, I do, um, transformative breath. So I just do like a five minute little breath exercise. Um, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm back in my body now. Like let's, let's go. Cause it, it's the difference between take for me anyways, it's the difference between taking forced action. So when I'm up in my head, I'm taking forced action, but and inspired action when I'm feeling truly inspired and I'm in my body, I'm way more productive. It's way more clear. And my work is, my work is so much more effective. So it's actually doing myself and my clients a disservice when I'm taking action from a forced Place. So if that means, you know, having a, having a shower, jumping in the, in the ocean or doing some breath work or whatever I need to do to get myself back in my body, I need to take responsibility for doing that every day because it's everything will suffer. My staff will feel it. My clients will feel it. My family and friends will feel it. Um, so it's just it's just no bueno for anybody. <laughs> no, totally. And actually what you're saying this is such a big part of the struggle and the battle for anybody that struggles with food, isn't it? So this isn't just something that you do to make yourself feel a bit better every day. This is actually a big part of the journey, really, to kind of get to that place of having our, our freedom with food, isn't it? Because if we're not connected, then we're going to be fighting all the time. Yeah, exactly. And and when we deny what is and we fight what is, it creates an incredible amount of inner chaos. And Without connection, we don't have communication. So we cannot communicate to our bodies and our bodies cannot communicate to us if we do not have connection to into our bodies. And so that is a really important thing to remember. Um, if you are fighting with a relationship, you have to food, you have to ask yourself, how connected am I to my body right now? And if you're fighting food, I would probably guess that there's not a lot of connection there. Mm. Um, so really, that's one of the best things that we could do as as humans is do the work to connect into our bodies and be patient with yourself. You've been living one way for 30 plus years. You can't expect you to do a few meditations and for bang for it to happen. It, it is a process. Um, but it is one of the most powerful things that you can, that you can do. Definitely. And I think showing a bit of self-compassion along the way goes along mm -hmm. uh, is a big part of this as well, isn't it? Like we can't this, this expect it. yeah. It's quite, um, as you're saying that, I'm smiling. It's like, how many people have you spoken to as well? And they're, they're getting really frustrated because like two weeks in and they're like, I can't do this. It's not working. I'm still fighting food and my body. Um, obviously not, not judging anyone, but I think sometimes we don't appreciate that these things do take time, don't they? Like we haven't gotten to this place of being so disordered with food overnight. It's often many, many years. That's it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Taking absolutely a bit of time. Okay, so kind of going back, well, picking up where you said with your story. So you were doing what you were doing until you were 18. You then had a bit of a personal revelation and started changing your path and doing what you're doing now. So mm -hmm. along along your own personal journey, I'm guessing that it's not just your your battle with food and your body that's finished. It sounds like you've also evolved and changed as a person as well, which is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's so interesting. Um, like, I'm going to talk about trust for a second. Oh, but yes. when I when I learned to trust myself with 
food and with my body, I learned to trust myself in literally all areas of my life. It's not localized. It's not conditional to just, just that. Um, the food and the body is where we see the most pain. So it's like, okay, I need to sort this food and body issue out, but it's not a food and body issue. It's a trust issue. Same thing with scarcity. A lot of women that I work with have issues with food and issues with money. And that comes from a deep thread of scarcity. And when we, and and scarcity is what keeps us stuck in the cycle of binge eating. And when we do the work to heal our programs of scarcity and shift them into a place of abundance, not only do we see that work, um, you know, the, 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 the relationship with food is dramatically increased. Same thing with money. Like there's no longer that negative charge with money. And so when we heal one, we heal the other, um, from my experience and the clients that I work with anyways. Um, and it's, it's a really, really beautiful shift. It's um, interesting mm-hmm. how you've just connected like so many different areas of our life, because it's not just about food, is it? It's like, if you've got a struggle uh-huh. with food, then there's likely to be other things going on in your life as well. Mm-hmm. That's it's it's so true. And here's the thing, Rachel. This is what I say to all my clients, and a lot of them look at me like I've got five heads. And I'm like, <laughs> girl, your relationship with food is a blessing. And they're like, what the hell yes, are you talking about? Yes. I'm binging. Ooh. I'm binging every single night. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you binging every single night indicates, shows me, tells me that there's something internally going on. Now let's look into it. Yeah. Right. So, so restrictors, for instance, I don't work with a lot of restrictors. Um, I work, mostly work with emotional eating and binge eating, but with that comes, comes restriction because binge eating is just a physical reaction to restriction. But when, when I talk to them about restriction, I'm like, okay, cool. You're restricting food. What else are you restricting? Are you restricting pleasure, desire, fun, happiness, joy, bliss? Because it's, it's, it's not just food you're restricting. There's yeah. other things you're restricting as well. So, um, yeah. Real, real cool conversation. So yeah, they initially look at me like I'm crazy. And then they're like, Oh, cool. I get it now. I, I get it. No, and I agree. I think it's I and, mean, uh, anyone that's an emotionally to binge eater, overeater, and even a restricted, to be honest, I think anybody that's got a struggle or a battle with food right now, it is a blessing. I mean, you might not mm-hmm. see it as a blessing at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's this, it's this internal compass that's trying to get our attention, that's trying to direct mm-hmm. our, our energy into a different place. So yeah, Totally, totally agree with that one. Um, So I'm interested to just pick up on something that you were saying then about it being a trust issue, because I know that self-trust comes up a lot in these conversations, as I'm sure you have with your clients as well. Like when somebody deliberately stops dieting and they deliberately start breaking their rules around food, there is often that issue of, oh my God, I don't trust myself. I don't know what to do. I don't believe that I can just eat a a normal amount, whatever that might fit, whatever that might be for them. So how do we start improving trust? I know that's quite a big question, but what's, what are your suggestions around trust? Because without it, we're going to keep staying stuck in that, that vicious battle, aren't we? It's a great question. And here's the, here's the crack. We have to, we have to start small. So we can't go from zero trust completely to making huge decisions because that will freak our ego out. We have to start with like seemingly insignificant small things that we take action on right away. So it's about asking your body the question, hearing the hunch, hearing the, the, the yes or no, and then taking action right away and not delaying that process or getting into negotiation. And then, and then just fully committing. Okay. I've, I've yeah. fully committed to this decision. There's no other option. And then just taking action like that all the time, giving yourself opportunity to trust yourself. Like, okay, cool. Cool. 
I'm going to decide between A and B. Cool, it's B. Let's commit. Let's go with it, and let's let's just find the good in it. And not being like, oh damn it, should I have chose A? And like, absolutely no. B was your first intuitive hit. Yeah. Go with that and figure out why. And and you know, if people think that it's the wrong decision, it was it's always the right decision because even in that decision, there's pain that may might come with that decision for you to grow from. So it's always the right decision. Always, always, always the right decision. So um take small action every single day and like ask ask your body the question, feel the intuitive hunch, take action right away and then commit to it. And do that as many times during the day as possible with little things and then start to build it up. You'll begin to build up this foundation of trust so that you can just build on and build yeah. on and build on build on. So, um, start small and, and take action. One of my mentors, his name is Philip McKernan. He's actually from Ireland. Have you heard of him before? He's a cool dude. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He, um, he always says to me in the absence of clarity, take action. So I was unclear about trusting myself. So I just started taking action and, and then, yeah, I, then I just built, I started to build and build and build up this trust and it was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You're bringing it back to the mind-body thing again, aren't you? Because if you're in your body, you're not open for negotiation. You're just making that decision straight away. You're not talking yourself into a different Yeah, it's exactly. Boom, boom, boom. I love exactly. that. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, I think self-trust is definitely something that every one of us, well, actually, even now, I'm, I'm still working on self-trust. You know, I don't think it's something that we ever finish. I don't think it's mm-hmm. a process that's like, you know, it's got a, a, a finished um, a finish to it I think it's constantly Never. constantly evolving um as we yeah. as we constantly evolve as well and 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 it all and it always does it's never going to stop it's never going to stop so I I just ask myself how can I deeply trust myself if I was to trust myself a little bit more today what would that look like you know if I was to just fully surrender to my body and to my intuition what does that look like? And so now I'm, I make it with big decisions. Like for instance, should I stay in Vancouver or should I move to San Diego? My body was like, go to San Diego. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Like this is where I am. And it's, it's unfolding perfectly. And I'm actually seeing day by day why I'm supposed to be here. And it's all happening in such divine timing, such, such divine timing. So yeah, it's important. Yeah. Definitely important. So we're talking about obviously self-trust and how important that is in terms of healing our relationship with food. Kind of goes without saying that diets need to be thrown out the window and be gotten rid of completely. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned a bit about spirituality. So kind of reconnecting back to our spiritual self, whatever that might mean mm-hmm. and look like for us. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else? So anything else that you think is important that you talk about that you recommend to your clients? This is going to freak your listeners out, but I want to just bring air to it because I think it's something that not a lot of people talk about and needs to be needs to be voiced. Um, in order to truly heal the relationship you have to food in your body, you ha- you have to be okay with gaining weight. That does not mean that you're going to, but what happens is is we have this deep, deep, deep fear of it. And so sometimes it's really difficult to really do the good work because there's this underlying fear. Yes. And, and, and when I see the biggest transformations in, in women is when they fully release that fear and go headstrong into the work. And that is when I see the biggest transformations in people. And I know it's the scariest thing ever. Trust me, I've been there. So have you, we all have, but it is the one thing that will set you free. And I think that's, that is what barely anyone is talking about. And I've never seen it where women, women are like, okay, Sam, I'm going to commit, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, they gain, gain, you know, 500 pounds. That's, it's just never happened that way. Um, however, 
that is that in order to find that deep trust, that fear needs to be shifted. I'm so glad that you touched on that. Bizarrely, I had a conversation this afternoon with somebody and that's exactly the fear that she was, that was keeping her stuck. She, mm-hmm. she got it intellectually. She's like, yeah, it makes sense that I should listen to myself and not diet and give myself permission. But mm-hmm. I'm terrified that if you, you know, I do what I'm, what you're suggesting, what if I gain 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds? And mm-hmm. that fear is real, isn't it? I mean, God, we could talk about like society and how, we have so much fat phobia and everything else in, in the world that we're living in. But yeah, you're right. That, that fear is going to keep anybody stuck, aren't, isn't it? If they're not, yeah. not going to yeah. fully address it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that. I mean, it's, you know, listeners, as I said that, the words came out of my mouth. They're probably like, oh my God. <laughs> but you got this and you got to trust yourself because your body is not going to give you anything that you can't handle. Um, and all those fears are just fears. They're just silly things that don't belong to you, but you've chosen to believe them. So just question yourself. Like, if I trust myself, is that really true? Like, is it really true what I'm believing right now? Because we all have the power and ability to completely shift the relationship we have to food in our bodies. It just takes work and dedication and, and commitment. Absolutely. Commitment. And so. I think that, like you said, that fear for most people, it, it isn't real, is it? It's just based on like the beliefs mm-hmm. and the stories that we've bought into, like all the bullshit from mm-hmm. the diet industry in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you start to question it and, you know, try and detach yourself from, well, is this really mine or is it somebody else's? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Allows you to breathe and relax into that, that space of finding your, your, yeah, your freedom really. Yeah. Um, Question, interesting question, because yeah. I know, like you said, your background was what you were doing up until you, you changed your path, so to speak. But what's your what's your relationship like now, Samantha, with like exercise and activity? Because I'm guessing that exercise used to be one of your coping strategies for like weight maintenance and calorie control, as it was for me. I was obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if like I didn't do X amount in the gym and do X amount of this, I was like, I'm a terrible person. Um, now I just truly just honor my body and figure out what my body wants. And I discovered that my body actually really loves pole dancing and my body loves oh, hip hop wow. and my body loves contemporary. And so I don't, it's not exercise. It's just movement. It's like yeah. I'm just moving my body. And sometimes I'll wake up and I'll just like feel into my body. And it's like, no, today we want to lie on the ground and not do anything like today. Today, I don't feel like doing anything. <laughs> so I'm not going to. <laughs> and um, that does not, it's, there's nothing reflective in what I will and will not eat that day, depending on my exercise. And before those two were heavily linked, like yeah. if I exercise, then I would allow myself to have some brownies and red wine. Like, so for instance, tonight I'm going out for dinner with some of my girlfriends. Um, one of my girlfriends just launched her book. So we're having a dinner here in San Diego and like pre, okay. So me like seven years ago would be like, Oh my God, I'm going out to this Italian restaurant. I know I'm going to have pizza and bread and wine. I need to burn at least a thousand calories today. So I deserve to, do that. And today I'm just like, no, I don't want to do anything. (laughs) And I feel really good about that. (laughs) I feel really good about that. And tomorrow, maybe I'll wake up with a bunch of energy and, you know, go for a run or go to a pole class or uh, whatever it is. And I think just really, this comes down to this whole trust thing. I trust my body to communicate what it needs every single day. And, um, and that's cool. And I love it. And, um, When I'm, I'm super intuitive with what my body needs as far as movement and food, but both. And so there's zero fear of 
me, quote unquote, like, like losing control because it's, I'm not in control. I, you know, it's, I'm control. I'm being guided by something completely different that always has my back. So I've taken my ego out of the equation. I love that. That kind of the, the notion of not having that control anymore. You're just being guided. Like that's such a different mm-hmm. energy, isn't it? Completely mm-hmm. different energy. It's having mm-hmm. that, that instinct that you're tapping into. I love it. Yeah. Before we wrap up, because we're kind of coming to the end already, which has gone incredibly fast. I could talk to I you for a say, day and a half. I know, I know. We totally could. <laughs> I to totally get, I'll be getting could. you back on the show. Don't worry. There's so many more questions I've got for you. But yeah. before we do finish, um, any listeners right now that, want to find out more about your movement and your message where's the best place for them to go and find out about you Samantha okay so we're hungry for happiness basically everywhere um hungryforhappiness.com is our website and all of our all of the information is on there we have our signature program which is called the society that launches twice a year and our next launch is in may so there all the information is on the website and um yeah i'm hungry for happiness on instagram and youtube and my personal page i do a lot of stuff like facebook lives and that kind of thing for my personal page so it's just samantha skelly um yeah so between samantha skelly and hungry for happiness you cannot miss me <laughs> fantastic and i'll be posting all of your social media links month just below this podcast on my website um, I love it. just um, a question actually of curiosity anyone that's not seen um, Samantha over on Instagram your feed is so beautiful it's like your color <laughs> everywhere is there is there a reason why you chose that color Okay, there is a reason. Oh, go on. I thought there would be. <laughs> go on, I'm ready. Okay, so so the color blue, like that tealy blue is like super calm and, and inviting. And like whenever, you know, you just look at that color and you're like, oh, expansiveness, ocean, yes. sky, right? It's very calm. And inside inside the doors of hungry for happiness is very fiery so there's a lot of fire that takes place a lot of energy a lot of movement my tribe is called phoenixes so you know it's being that creates new life from rising from the ashes and so everyone who works with me is a phoenix and um so people don't know but so we call it the fire effect inside and like they're, they're phoenixes and they're also activators. So they activate and they support the other women. And then when they graduate from the program, they're external activators and they activate, um, other women, um, through conversations and inspiration. And so the cool exists because of the fire inside. So we're super fiery in the middle and then cool on the outside and our formula, like my signature seven step formula for helping women break through these, these issues is called the Phoenix formula. So it's a seven step process that goes through various stages of how to truly break break free of the battle so yeah so the the cool is like what people see but like the secret sauce is inside (laughs) I like it it's kind of left us on suspense there it's like oh I want to see what's inside (laughs) awesome awesome listen thank you so much Samantha for kind of you know sorting out time zones and whatnot we had a few issues to start with because you were in Bali and then you went somewhere else and then I I couldn't fit in and anyway we got it sorted so thank you so much for being on Ditch the Diet Radio and I'm pretty sure that I will be having you back on very soon if that's okay let's do it girl I'm all about it I'm all about it awesome (laughs) enjoy the rest of your morning over there in San Diego and we'll be catching up very soon see you later I I bye love bye Thanks for listening to Ditch the Diet Radio, everyone, with your host, Rachel Foy. That's me. 
If you've got ever any questions, then you can email me at info at rachelfoy.com. Be sure to check out the website, rachelfoy.com, for your free gifts and other bits and pieces. And if you would like to leave a review or subscribe to the podcast, then please do so. I am trying my absolute best right now to get the most amazing, incredible, and inspirational people on the podcast show. And if there's anyone that you would really like me to interview, then drop me a message and I will see what I can do. Have an awesome day and remember that you can have a life where food doesn't control you. I can't wait to show you how. Bye.